welcome to Fintech Impact. I'm your host, Jason Pereira. Today on the show, I have Nick Bernardo, founder and CEO of Onboard. Onboard is a, no surprise, onboarding solution that helps onboard clients of RAAs and private funds. And with that, here's my interview with Nick. Nick, thanks for taking the time today. Thank you for having me, Jason. My pleasure. So Nick, Nick Bernardo of Onboard. Tell us about Onboard. Yeah, so uh, Onboard is built to streamline the new client experience for not only the advisors, but also their clients. So we're really one of the only technology that will actually interact with the end client on behalf of the advisor as a white label solution to gather information needed to open accounts or start private investments, get it to CRM, and then push it through to DocuSign in a very simple experience for both the advisor and the client. Excellent. So before we get into the history, I got to say, like, this has been one of the giant gaping holes that I've seen in the entire advisor technology landscape in just about every country I've looked at, right? So no surprise, someone came along and tried to solve the problem because, frankly, uh, well, actually, I'll say that the problem was solved by robo-advisors for themselves years ago, yet we have been really slow to copy that uh, in an effective manner. So talk to me about the history and the origin of, of Onboard and how it came to be. Yeah, yeah. So actually, Jason, you know, I started my career at Merrill as a financial advisor, moved to Morgan Stanley, ultimately then started Bernardo Wealth Planning, which is an RA. So I've been through transition and repapering of accounts. We're growing uh, you know, pretty quickly. And so through that becomes the burden of having to open accounts. You know, to your point, right, part of the way onboard was for- formed was that I was spending time with my robo platform. Uh, which happens to be run through Schwab, is saying, hey, how can I plug this right into what I'm doing so that my team doesn't have to open accounts? It exists here, and they're like, nope, we won't allow third parties to um, you know, go through this process. So it became very clear to me to say, like, we're going to solve this problem. Uh, so a lot of the genesis here, Jason, is just my experience in you know, transition a book of business from one wirehouse to another, another wirehouse to independence. And then the day-to-day operations of a firm like ours of saying, you know, we open a lot of accounts, we get a lot of new business. And, you know, it's not just annoying for the service team to open accounts. It's also annoying for the client, right? And in the world that we live in today, you know, you can go online right now and buy whatever you want to buy in 10 seconds, have it shipped to your door. So why, why do I need to have my team speak on the phone to, to a client, right? And track them down and bother them in the midst of their busy day when they're completely comfortable, you know, creating a profile right through, you know, their mobile phone and uh, knocking out this very simple information that's needed to move right through the process. So that was really the genesis uh, and kind of the light bulb going off. And as we go, we're just seeing how valuable it is, you know, using it day in and day out. You know, the team really enjoys it. Our customers are, are raving about it. And, you know, it's really interesting, too, Jason. We're getting the little old lady clients to use it, and they're saying, "Is this all we had to do? That was it. That was that easy." And so, you know, you're really, you know, kind of COVID. I think sped that up for us. Everyone got comfortable using their mobiles. So I think that's really the, you know, the the trajectory and where you know we're heading as a company. You know, it's funny. You hit upon one of my favorite uh, favorite complaints people give me, or favorite uh, you know pushbacks people give me when I speak on technology. It's it's basically, oh, my clients are going to use this, or oh, the young people will use this, and the old ones won't. And absolute nonsense, right? First off, that is usually a sign of the advisor's bias more than it is the client's bias. And secondly, like, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I've got clients who are in their nineties who basically use FaceTime to call me for meetings. So I think that they can 
tap on a screen and 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 sign something right like it's just it is what it is so um so yeah so basically you've you had a problem no 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 surprise and you know you think about it you, you kind of hit upon like the craziest of use cases right like you think about it like someone who's brand new net new you have very little information on them when you start to onboard them right so it's not surprising that you have to collect a lot of data and there's a good you know workflow process for that's necessary but when you talk about moving between broker dealers or, or to an IRA and doing a migration, you know, as someone who's been through that, it is bloody painful. And the irony is, is that we already have all the data we need, but still, like the countless hours that it took to prepare all that that that, that documentation, like just brutal. Yeah. So, I, like I said, I've been through that twice, Jason. And if I never have to see that custodial spreadsheet again, I'll be a very happy person. Right. Yeah. That, that thing is brutal. It's a total you know, drag on the team's time, for, you know, before you're leaving an organization and all. And so, you know, part, part of our development roadmap, too, is to uh, solve that problem. Right. So right now, you know, the technology exists for new new accounts, um, you know, from a day to day perspective. But we've just created the ability to to do a bulk transfer. And so now we're working to eliminate that custodial spreadsheet so that. If you're an advisor looking to leave a wirehouse or leave a, a broker dealer that's protocol or non-protocol, and you have all kinds of limitations around what you can take, we can we can accommodate that. We can we can win on that for you and save you a ton of time in having to build that spreadsheet and go account by account by account to put all kinds of data in inside of a, a you know an Excel spreadsheet to get to the the other side of of that relationship. So. You know, we, we think we're we're just kind of getting started along that line. And that's a massive problem, right? And, and not even that, too, in the independent space, you know, the custodial battles heating up. You're seeing what, you know, the, the TD advisors have to say about Schwab, right? I haven't heard too many super positive things, right? So now you're even in the independent world talking about more meaningful transfers of custodians. So, you know, whether it's new accounts or whether it's a bulk transfer from custodian to custodian, you know, why re- reinvent the wheel? Give your clients and customers a very simple experience. Keep all your data very fresh. And actually, that's another piece too I haven't, I haven't said anything about yet is that we don't actually hold any of the client data. So you don't have to be concerned that Onboard has your client's sensitive data in our database. We actually don't hold anything. We hold their name, email, and mobile. That's it. All the data we capture goes right back to the advisor's CRM. Mm. So again, more peace of mind around data security um, and all. Uh, just to you know, reiterate the fact that we keep this simple and, and move right along. Excellent. So you know what? Let's, let's talk about that because I mean, it's um, first off that that eliminates a massive security concern for many. Is if you don't have the data, you don't basically you can't <laughs> you can't screw it up. Uh, but the bigger thing is let's let's talk about the workflow. So I'm an advisor and I'm using this, uh, and let's talk about a net new client, right? So new client comes on board. What is the experience as an advisor, and what is the experience as that consumer who's going through this workflow? Yeah, great question, Jason. So there's two there's two basic options once you go in as the advisor into the onboard platform. Like I said, it's a white label platform, so all your branding exists. So that end customer is going to feel very comfortable that they're communicating with you. There's two two options, right? The first one is to add the CRM to send all of your disclosure documents, so ADB, CRS, two Bs, and then the second option is all of those plus open new accounts, right? So let's go through the new account, you know, flow. So, you know, Jason, let's just use an example. You're becoming a new client of my firm. I go into onboard. I put Jason Pereira, I put your email address, your mobile. I'm going to then choose account types, 
right, that, that you want? Is it a single name account? Maybe it's a joint account, IRAs, Roth IRAs. You can open up to 15 accounts in that one experience. Mm-hmm. We're then going to go to the next screen and tie features and functions. So maybe we're ACATing from another custodian. Maybe we want to create a move money function from your outside bank to uh, your new custodial account. Uh, create those functions. Next screen, we're setting up the, the fee-based arrangement. And then really, that's it. We're, we're choosing you know, who your advisor is and CSA. So we can tag that to CRM. And then that's it. So from an advisor or internal CSA perspective, that, that was the genesis or the starting block to build that household. Once you click submit on that, a few things happen. We're automatically generating that new client in, your, in the advisor's CRM. So the advisor didn't have to touch their CRM to add you in as a new client, new household. We, so we've started that. Then the end client experience begins at this point. So the end client has received a text message welcoming them to the firm. Again, white label. So the firm name is going to be there. They're like they're interacting with the firm. They will then be prompted to go through a very simple flow. What's your legal name, your citizenship, your date of birth, your social? And every time they fill a screen, it's going right back to CRM. So we're not asking for a very long, drawn-out form. I always say the best way to you know, upset a client, send them a form to fill out, and, and you know, they'll tell you what they, how they feel about that. I don't want to fill out a form, right? So why would I expect you know, clients to have to fill out a form? So well, they can be clear. You're not sending them a form. You're sending them a workflow where they're being asked for snippets of information at a time, which may be a behavioral trick, but it's far more easy to digest than you know, populate this PDF, which you know, no one likes. Yes. Yeah, so you're 100% right. And that's the most important part of that user experience is that we're not overwhelming that user. We're not asking them complicated questions. We are asking the minimum amount of information that the custodian wants in order to open that account. So we're not going deep into the weeds, ask them a margin and ask all kinds of different things. That's up to the advisor to take care of if they want that. We're just trying to get that minimum data all the way through so that you can open that account if, you, if that's you know, what the client wants. So as that client completes the flow, they've also received an email from your firm, from your CSA, welcoming them, again, stating kind of the functions of that CSA, and then also pointing out that attached to that email are your disclosure documents. That way, that's one less step you know, that the CSA team has to do. We're checking the compliance box. We're tagging a note back to CRM. That way, you know, hey, we're, we're right there. And, and, you know, we go through an SEC audit. We can easily prove that all of our new customers have received all of those disclosure documents. Uh, so that's really it from a client perspective. The information comes back. Once we have 100% of what we need, everything goes to draft state DocuSign. All documents, all signer tabs are all there. The advisory contracts in place, ACATs, move money. Everything you've selected through potentially opening 15 accounts is all sitting in your DocuSign in draft state, ready to go to the end client. So that's the flow. A couple of nice perks about the platform. We have a reminder cadence. So if that end client, you know, Jason, they use you example, you get that text and you're in the midst of this podcast with me and can't fill out the, the, the user flow, we're going to automatically remind you tomorrow. And then we're going to remind you the next day. Not pushy, but just in a way say, hey, just reminding you, we need this information. The same thing on the DocuSign side of things. So when that DocuSign goes to the end, end customer, my experience as an advisor is that clients are expecting that to come from me or someone from my team, not necessarily from DocuSign. So we can get lost in their inbox. So it's, again, it's just another way to receive a text saying, check your inbox. You should have something from DocuSign to complete your new account form. So we're really, again, just looking to make 
use technology just to flatten this whole experience out. And that way, the advisor and CSA, all they have to do is manage the process. Excellent. I mean, it's a solution that's long overdue, quite honestly. So, okay. So you have that. I mean, this can also not just be used for onboarding. We're also talking about like regular KYC updates, right? So that information, I mean, you can, I think you can backfill the previous, you're not, you're not storing it, but I can backfill the previous data that came in right back out to them. So they're just going through and confirming nothing's changed, correct? Right. So we're working on a KYC mod- module right now so that we can actually update that and push it right back to the advisor's CRM. But yeah, you're exactly right. It's the exact same experience. It's the exact same experience. Keep it simple. And again, if you're a broker dealer and you need to update KYC on an annual basis, we'll be able to administrate the entire process for you. Right. So once a year, you go in, you bulk say, okay, these are all my clients. I want to KYC them. Boom, sends it out. They get the text. They go through four or five screens or how many questions you want to ask them. And then you can see on your onboard dashboard the progress that was made. So if all of your clients completed it, you know, everyone's going to show up at 100%. If some clients haven't, they're going to get the reminder text. So again, you're, you're taking a monotonous task that's usually time-consuming and annoying to track everyone down and just using technology to manage it. I hear you. I mean, I also, you know, the fact that you're integrating the CRMs, besides being a vital piece, because everybody wants their data in one place and does speak both places. I mean, I also think it's one of these things about the experience is so broken, right? It's like, if, a, if I already have a piece of information on a client, I should never be asking to fill out a blank form that doesn't have that information already pre-populated in, right? But if that's out of date, sure, they can modify it, but otherwise it shouldn't be the case. Now, let's let's talk about a couple other things too. So in particular, let's talk about the impact you're seeing here. I mean, you were, you're, you're the guinea pig on this. I mean, the reality is, is that it's not just the, I mean, you had some metrics here on like the amount of manual, the cost for per for uh, per package in terms of postage and printing alone is is over ten dollars, approaching twenty. Talk to me about the the human hours. Like, if you benchmark, you benchmark the amount of time per account opening that it takes in the conventional method versus what you're doing now. We're we're working on that, um, and, and, and you know it's hard to measure, right? Because some some clients are very buttoned up and get us the information and. and can move through it quickly in that manual experience, right? So what I would tell you is that the majority of clients um, or the majority of time that CSA spends to open accounts, most of it's back and forth, trying to track people down to get on the phone and gather that data, right? So that's a big time drag. Again, bad experience for your client. Um, So I would say, you know, we bring a process that usually is about an hour and a half Right. If you kind of said average household has five new accounts, you know, two clients, and then features and functions, about an hour and a half is easily the man hours on on just the advisor side to go into getting the data from the client, putting it onto the CRM, pulling it onto DocuSign, populating all the features and functions, and moving through it. That process by using onboard is probably less than 10 minutes. So you've gotten back an hour and 20 minutes at least in your CSA team so that that CSA team can go back to doing things that are actually positive, revenue producing, client relationship building, whatever it might be. Um, Or maybe it just saves you from having to hire another admin as you continue to grow. Uh, So, so we're really, we're really experiencing that, you know, with our team, we're hearing that from our clients as well. Um, And again, I think a lot of advisors don't pay attention to the client experience as much as they should from a client experience side of things. There's no more back and forth trying to schedule a call or schedule a meeting to get this data. You do it on your own time. You can do it at 11 o'clock in your bed at night if that's you know the time that you have available to complete this really simple flow. So 
it it really is you know adding a ton of time back to both the advisor team and the client. I mean, ten minutes—that's that's insane. I mean, I think the you know some of the complex cases my clients, but my staff is at the setup. You know, looking at husband, wife, you know, joint accounts, kids accounts, corporations, trust—you name it—and you add that up, and there's there's times they spent the full day getting them all that paperwork together, right? And then, of course, the the other issue comes down to the data validation, right? So, um, you know, you by by hand, how many times is you know how many times does someone basically forget to fill out a cell or a, a field? Right. So, you know, if you've got that all centrally mapped and the logic's all there, I'm guessing I can't get to the end without everything being populated first. Right. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. So on the onboard dashboard, you will see the progress of your client. Right. So you'll see that the text has been sent out. And then the, so if the client opens it and completes 10 or 15 percent, you will see that tracked in real time right on your onboard dashboard. You can't get to DocuSign. You can't get to the draft state of all these documents until the client reaches 100%. So what that means is that every box on the form that is required by the custodian is filled out in DocuSign, right? It doesn't prevent a client, you know, a customer could still, you know, fat finger their social and type that in wrong, right? There still could be an element of human error there, but you're definitely not going to experience, oh, this box wasn't filled out and you get the go back from the custodian. You go, oh, shoot, I forgot to check this box or do, you know, X, Y, or Z. Uh, you know, so that, that creates, again, more efficiencies. Yeah, well, the signatures, I often make the joke of, you know, how many times have form, all the forms been filled out, but whoops, you missed a signature on page 47 of 150, right? Like it's just, you know, the sign here stickies are not infallible, uh, but, but you know, if you're essentially controlling those templates, you know, you're, you're, once, once it's done the first time, it just repeats itself. So huge, yeah. uh, huge savings there. So, Talk to me then about the, um, so one of the things you did pretty well here is a smart idea is you, you've utilized text, right? Now, you, text is a powerful tool uh, because frankly, the open rates on text are rival nothing else. Like they're they're in the high 90 percentages as opposed to emails, which is far, far lower. Uh, talk to me about how you leverage text as a means of engagement of the consumer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, t- t- text was a no brainer um, to, to create the platform off of this, right? And a lot of that, again, comes back to the time of, you know, that a client is spending trying to get this information done. Um, so, yeah, it was a no-brainer to develop it with tech, with a text-based, you know, solution. The user can also, as they get their welcome text, too, if they feel like they want to do this on their desktop, there's another link in that same text that just says, you want to switch to desktop, click here. So you can click, and then it's going to email you the same exact link to get in and complete the, complete the data. So, you know, it's much more responsive. You know, the, the all the research points to again. It's on our website that that shows, you know, how many, how many, how much faster people react to text messages versus email, uh, and then how much simpler you know that experience is. So, you know, really that that was that was a no brainer to run it all through mobile. And again, because we're not sending you something form, it's so easy on a mobile device. You know, it's it's screen by screen, question by question, simple flow. Uh, so we're not inundating that user with some big form that inside of mobile is going to be impossible to read or just create, you know, confusion. So yeah, the, the, the text piece was a no brainer. And again, especially for the reminder side of things, you know, people are busy, right. You know, so getting people's attention via text message and a reminder to say, Hey, by the way, we need to get this done. We're finding that, you know, response times are faster and, and, you know, reaction to it is been more positive. I mean, yeah, you have a benchmark here, like 90 seconds, like getting a client to reply in 90 seconds. There's nothing else that even comes close to that. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. 
So bottom line is you got you built a, a better widget for how to basically make people get well, how to open accounts and maintain them. So that's the core of it. Like, you know, what else do you see happening here in terms of what you're building as a platform? Like, where do you see it developing beyond just the account opening piece? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. I mean, it, it, Jason, that's one of the challenges that, you know, as a team we face because the opportunities for onboard are endless, right? Any, any, any business that gets new clients and needs information to get from the client to their database and potentially, you know, signed off on a form, that's our opportunity, right? That That's what we're doing and where I think we're really, you know, disrupting the market. So, you know, a couple of things that are, that are on our roadmap, right, inside the financial services space. So we're developing a product right now for private investments, right? So think, you know, hedge funds, private equity, private real estate, where you have a big sub doc, you have a PPM, you have all that, you know, forms that need to be populated, the same type of experience, but just going into, um, you know, private investment forms. So that product um, is, be, is in the process right now. We expect it to be out early in the first quarter. Um, you know, that, that right there, you know, I, I do a lot in the private investment world. I've, I even have our own private fund that, you know, we run through my RA. Um, that's a big lift as well, right? And so you think about some of these real estate companies or venture companies that are raising capital once every three years. They don't have the manpower to go and document all of this, uh, all of their new subscribers' information while they're raising money, while they're trying to put money to work, make investments, and probably managing a fund that they're trying to shut down on the back end. Um, you know, so so the private world is is an area that you know we're about to break into, and I think do some meaningful damage. We already have a couple of customers you know lined up there, um, and then in the you know we're also looking at the insurance space as well. Um, so you know, that's another area that again same same brutal process right of you know. It's it's almost the same as you said earlier with the robo platform and the insurance space. You can go online right now to Geico and sign up for insurance, right? But I believe there's still consumers out there that say, I still want a local advisor. I want someone to help me with my situation, right? So you want that advisor-led digital experience. I'm a huge believer in in how the, in technology in our industry, advisor-led digital experience. So insurance is the same type of thing, right? You're going to use this product. Onboard is going to be used by insurance companies to work with customers. They're going to, you know, create sales, and then they're going to use Onboard to, to consummate that sale and execute. So th- that's kind of a taste, Jason, of of the couple things we're out there, you know, really working on in the marketplace now. I think it's smart. It's interesting because I mean, like the opportunity, like I said, the opportunity is so gaping. The hole is so big across the industry and so many different verticals you just identified. The reality is, is that you know I have these conversations with other startups and they're. You know, they're talking about how how vertical they're going to go, like where further up or down the, the value chain they're going to go. Whereas you're talking about going wide, right? You're talking about how do we how do we solve just the opening piece for everyone? And I think, frankly, the opportunity is so big and the gaping hole is that large that you can focus on just that and, and provide an immense amount of value. I mean, I, I still think that there there's, there's little things just below that, like are there workflow automations that you can build into your system? Are there additional things in terms of like just KYP schedule, like just KYC schedule, right? Like, hey, I'm overdue to, you know, do I does the advisor even need to trigger this like workflow at all once it gets to a certain date of, of it being stale, right? Like that sort of stuff. Very, very simple. Like anything related to that kind of account management communications piece, I think you can go, but that's not a very big, big move away from what you're doing now. So I think it's it's a wise decision to kind of focus in there. Yeah. Fe- features and functions. 
we have an unbelievably long list of features and functions that we want to put out there. But right now, it's about solving the core problem, right? And showing the most value to the same. This is the problem. We've solved it. And, you know, then from there, as we continue to scale up, we can we can start to build out more features, functions. But yeah, I 100% agree with you, Jason. It's, yeah. The opportunity is enormous. Yeah, it's funny. It's one of those things where a lot of the conver- like the conversations with the companies I even advise, it's, you know, I refer to myself as one of the chief squirrel killers because, you know, when you're <laughs> starting off, you have all these opportunities, right? And you can very easily die of opportunity and, and, and digestion than starvation, right? And then more often than not, if you just nail one thing incredibly well in an opportunity like you have, you're going to be so busy doing this for so many different verticals that other stuff, it's like, well, that'd be nice to get to one day. Uh, but just, just as long as you deliver value at the core, you're, you're going to do well. Jason, when I, when I first started in the technology and building technology, I, I got accepted into an accelerator program in Miami and worked with a consultant who was a Harvard. He was, he was from Spain, Harvard business guy, super, super smart, thick, thick Spanish accent. And he says to me, he's, as we're kind of talking through this concept, he, and he's giving me advice on building and how to keep, you know, how to, how to, how to go and stay focused. And he's, he looks up at the light bulb and points to it in his office. Is that light bulb up there? And, and I say, yeah. He said, that light bulb has 200 lumen. I have no idea. I'm not a scientist, right? So I'm just throwing this out there. 200, 1,000 lumen, just say 1,000. And he says, and when I flip the switch in my, in my office here, that light bulb lights up the whole room. And he's like, and that's great, right? And he says, well, what I'm trying to tell you here is if I take that same 1,000 lumen and put it into a laser, I'll cut this desk in half. And he's like, and so you need to be the laser. He's like, you need to stay laser focused. You need to be absolute killer and, and be the best at what you're doing because you don't want to light the whole room and no one's going to care, right? You need to cut the desk in half. So, so Jason, I think about that almost on a daily basis when yeah. it comes to all these different things out there and ideas. It's like, we're, we're going to stay really solid. We're going to stay super focused knock this all out. And then, you know, yeah, the time will come to, to build all the features functions and, and keep rolling. That's it. Excellent. So Nick, before we uh, wrap up, there's three questions I ask everyone uh, to end on a positive note. Uh, the first question I have for you is if you had one wish for something you can change in your company or the industry as a whole, what would it be? Yeah, that's a good question. One wish. Stumps everyone. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, I, I, my, my one wish is that, you know, People would, well, I'll say, all right, here, here's my answer to that, Jason. I am a tech-forward person in the way I think about my RIA, right? That was a lot of the reason why I started. It's like, we need better technology. And, and I would say, in our industry, there are so many big firms, right, that have people building technology that have never sat across the desk from a client. And I think that's the biggest hang-up that we face as an industry, is technology is being built by people who... Don't interact on a day-to-day basis with the use case they're trying to solve. So I can't solve all the problems of the world. I'm trying to knock this one out. Uh, but I, I run into that all very often. And then we run that into a sales from a sales cycle as well, right? This problem doesn't always exist for the person we're selling to onboard to because they're so far removed from it. We were at Schwab's Impact Conference having a conversation. And, and I'm not kidding you, an executive from a big RA says, well, doesn't Schwab do this for us? Right? We kind of chuckle. We're like, no, not even close. They don't touch no. any of this. So that's that's that would be my response there, Jason. It is it is such an inherent challenge across the entire industry. Everything from executives in charge of things who don't understand the pot, what's possible with technology, or just don't understand what the actual like live fire. Either the generals get so detached from the privates they have no idea 
what the battlefront looks like anymore. So it's a very common problem I see everywhere. And it's, it's funny. I've literally been in pitch meetings for, uh, for my broker dealer where they sat through and basically went through what the actual labor cost was to solve this one problem only to see the senior executives turn to their staff members and like, is this true? And they're just like, yeah. And it just hits them like a ton of bricks. Like, wait a minute. You, I'm sure that same person who said like, doesn't Schwab do this for us basically suddenly is like, wait a sec, how many, how many people am I employing to handle this right now? Are you kidding me? Right? Like that, that's going to be the challenge. So, um, endemic, unfortunately. I mean, it's, uh, you know, short of having everybody understand a little bit of what, what's possible. It's, it's tough. The second question for you is what's been the biggest challenge in getting the company to where it is today? Biggest challenge in getting the company where it is today I, for, yeah, I, I would say just, you know, development time, you know, it, it's the development is tough, right? We're, we're not large enough to have our own development team at this point in time. So we've outsourced it. We've, we've worked with wonderful developers as well. So, you know, I'm going record saying that, you know, we, we, we have great develop a great development team, but it is a, you know, it's an expensive battle. And, you know, it's got to be moving as fast as possible, uh, but sometimes it just doesn't move as fast. So I, I would say that's, you know, can be a frustration. Look, even uh, even the most staffed up technology companies I know still struggle with the never really, you never really move as fast as you want to in tech. That's the sure. uh, And then the last question I have is what excites you about what it is you're working on and keeps you getting up on the morning to keep on fighting the fight that is entrepreneurship and startups? You know. I just see this as such a value that that I get up in the morning and I'm I'm pumped up to solve this problem to open people's eyes to it and say wow this this tool is simple and it really really adds value to our business and to our client relationships so I'm all about that that that's what I think this isn't just some ancillary you know widget that you may or may not be able to use so I I, I really think it's a core technology for almost every RA in the in the country. Um, and maybe even in the world, as you and I've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that gets me really fired up that the opportunities here are, are you know, pretty vast. Absolutely. Well, Nick, thank you so much for your time today. I very much appreciate it. Pleasure, Jason. I really enjoyed it. So that was today's episode with Nick Bernardo of Onboard. If you are a U.S.-based RIA and are in need of an onboarding solution, no pun intended, given the name, please check them out. Uh, I've actually demoed it and it is simple, straightforward, easy to use and everything it should be. As always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please review on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever is your podcast. And until next time, take care. This podcast was brought to you by Woodgate Financial, an award-winning financial planning firm catering to high net worth individuals and their families. To learn more, go to woodgate.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or find more episodes at jasonperera.ca.